This is episode 111 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. I've seen uh, our kids with the Electric Car Club, the Alternative Energy Club, just put out everything they can, devote numerous hours uh, with the program, and they can do it. I think it's more of a question of convincing them that they can. And once, once they, you grab them, you hook them, they're as capable as anybody else. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. I'm Dr. Neil Davila, Senior Education Associate at Intercultural Development Research Association. Can you please tell us your name and what you do at Southwest ISD along with uh, its high school? Uh, my name is David Boggio, and I'm the Director of Career and Technology Education for Southwest ISD. And what I do at the high school, we have a building with uh, roughly 30 teachers that teach a variety of career and technology education courses, and I'm supervisor, if you will, although the principal is responsible to those teachers for their uh, PADAS and things like that, I still oversee uh, the kind of things that they're doing in, in the everyday current technology world. STEM has come online uh, and is one of our strands that we, that we are teaching and expanding into. Uh, the superintendent has charged me with uh, responsibility to oversee uh, the development of STEM uh, the STEM initiative in Southwest ISD. At IBRA, we conduct a lot of research and are very interested in the need for minority high schools to be STEM-focused. Um, knowing your population here at your school and at your district, which consists mainly of Hispanic students, what is your take on this topic about, about getting this high school for it to become STEM-focused? I understand the Hispanic culture, but I, I, I'll take a step back because I'm looking at STEM as uh, an intriguing way to engage students in math and science. I am real poor at both. Never had an interest for it, and I don't have an affinity for it. But the more I've seen of what we've introduced with STEM and where STEM can take kids, if I had had a STEM focus, I believe I wouldn't be the, the person I am, the, the inept person I am with math and science. So I put that as same thing on, on any kid, be he Hispanic, African-American, white, doesn't matter. I know that the, the culture of uh, the Hispanic students' school is, you know, there's a lot of things impacting on, on their ability to, to concentrate and focus on school, but I really believe that what I'm seeing with our initial successes that it's a ticket to engaging everybody, and in particular our Hispanic students. Okay, what kind of activities do you involve your teachers when when you're doing all this STEM initiative, uh, or what program, or what initiatives, what activities you're doing with them? Well, last summer we met as a uh, leadership team, uh, from the superintendent down to some of our institutes uh, for higher education partners that we have in the, in the area, and we we kind of thought throughout how are we going to initiate STEM in a district and we decided that we would go uh, from a club uh, basis uh, to start and that club a aspect really goes from the elementary schools all the way up to the high school so we threw it out and, and advertised to teachers and said you know who you know if you have a, a particular affinity for something in the STEM field come back you know talk to us and you can start a club 
And so we had uh, roughly 12 clubs start uh, within the district. Now, some were in place already. We had uh, a scattering of elementary robotics clubs. Middle school was pretty entrenched with uh, what they have, creative labs, which are basically STEM investigations of a variety. Uh, and they also were heavily into the robotics. Plus, we had uh, Mr. Irby here with the high school, and he had a STEM class, STEM club, and... Um, we decided that we would see what sprang up. So from that, we saw some things like nanotechnology evolve. We decided and engaged a, um, a consultant who has heavy experience in STEM, and we decided to um, begin an electric car club as well. We have a, uh, a group of students uh, under the tutelage of a teacher that is looking into um, alternative energy. We have uh, Miss Henry's chemistry club. We have a what I believe to be a very STEM-ready IT program here at the high school. And we've had uh, our teacher there leading with uh, what we have, Cyber Patriot, the uh, defense system teaching uh, to defend computer networks against hackers. Um, so we've had some, some great initiatives, some already in place and some that, that sprang up in the course of the year. How do the teachers feel about the possibilities of inspiring students to seek careers in the STEM field? I believe that for some it's tough to, you know, it's tough to answer that question right from, from this point of view because I think many of them, and in particular I would say our electric car club uh, teacher is one who I would be hard-pressed to, to say how he feels about that. I mean, I think he knows he's, he's doing great things with kids. I just know he's so overwhelmed with what he's doing. He has taken a real uh, lead in this program because he's got kids now, and he may not realize it, but he's impacted kids tremendously. He's got kids right now that, that because of what he's doing, there's one or two kids in his program, that, and, and they've taken from three and four kids in a club. They've expanded to ten in a brief period of time. But these kids are going to take this electric car that they've built and they're going to race it in Florida next month. So he has a lot to say. Um, he's impacted, I'll say one thing, one kid in particular, very challenged at home, comes from a very underdeveloped home, underprivileged home. Mom works, no dad. Kid, because of what he's been exposed to, now found out about a dual college credit program that we have a, a partnership with uh, St. Phillips College. The kid is now going to go to, as a junior starting next year, he's going to enter the dual credit college program. So he's, you know, that inspiration, and I know that, you know, I know that when he realizes the kind of things that he's done, he's going he's gonna to feel like every teacher who has made an impact on the kid. Excellent. How are the teachers supported in addressing the needs of students they work with in STEM? We do have a stipend program that for, for the teachers that are heavily involved into it. Right now, the, the issue is we, we do a lot of after-school activities, we don't have a lot of benefits. The biggest thing I, I try and do as a career and technology director is provide them with what they need and allow them to, you know, not sweat about uh, buying this, buying that, uh, making sure that, you know, if they're, if they're up to the challenge, you know, for instance, this electric car thing, it's, it's a big chunk of, of time, effort, and money. But, you know, the, the, the rewards, whether the kids win or lose is not in it. It's, it's the fact that they're going to compete. And that's, you know, so that's, we try and support them, uh, I guess emotionally, you know, tell them you're doing a good job. Uh, the stipend is kind of minor, but it's there. And materialistically, whatever they need, they get. 
that's awesome that they have the opportunity to even get on a plane and go somewhere. Yes, and again, that's that's district supervision. That has the district is very supportive in everything we do. The superintendent, uh, curriculum and instruction, they are extremely supportive and know what our kids can reap from this program. And we're still small. I am uh, very uh, critical of myself, and and I want to see results now. And I and and I'm not seeing what I I, I believe there should be more kids involved. But I know I'm seeing them come. Mm-hmm. And we have to change the the culture, the thought process. That yes, you can do this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of kids that just don't think they can. So we got to change their ideas and mindset. Also, get this information out to people. Let them know that the things are here. It's getting out there. The the, the word is spreading. That's good. We start small and then. To yes. grow bigger. Yes, ma'am. Some people uh, believe that low-income minority students cannot be successful in STEM for not being able to do, you know, more rigorous work. And sometimes that's like you just finished saying that kids themselves don't believe they can. What have you seen in this regard? Well, I, I've seen it even outside of STEM, and 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 again, I think it comes. It it really rests with the individual more so than anything. I've seen kids here that outside of STEM, again, Mr. Cope, our career, our electric car club proctor, he has a kid that he's been working with over the last two years, and this kid is probably the hardest working kid I've seen. And this, and this is this is a kid that's you know is not just sweeping floors. This kid can weld and put together equipment, build equipment from, from rods of steel and, and sheets of steel and, and do some tremendous work and will invest all hours of work in it and do tremendous jobs. I've seen uh, our kids with the Electric Car Club, uh, with the, uh, the Alternative Energy Club, just put out everything they can, devote numerous hours uh, with the program, and they can do it. I think it's more of a question of convincing them that they can and once once they you grab them you hook them they're as capable as anybody else and and in, as a matter of fact one of our kids in the electric car club discovered a shortfall in the electric car that all the adults didn't see and would have cost us when they, you know when it all sorted out they, they felt that hey look uh, if, if you hadn't detected this Isaac we would have gone to the race in April and we would have had all erroneous data and they, they would have not done as well as they should have. So again, I see them as our underprivileged kids, our Hispanic kids, given the opportunity and given the, that we can, they can be engaged, they'll rise to the occasion and do as well or better than anybody else. That's exactly right. And that leads led to my other question. Uh, what attitude and belief do you feel teachers mo- must possess to increase the number of minority students into these activities that you're indicating? I think um, patience because, again, a lot of kids, you know, they've not had the opportunity. They, they're slow in realizing their potential. So strong belief and also belief in the kids. Unfettered, uncluttered, unequivocated belief in the students that they can do it. That's, that's got to come from the teacher. Again, human nature. If I don't believe you can do it, or if I talk to you or treat you like you can't do it, you're gonna and kids are gonna know. Everybody's gonna know, and and you're gonna you're gonna take your cues from that teacher, and you know you'll be successful or not successful based on what the teacher does for you. I mean, how the teacher feels about you. What is the teacher willing to give you to do? Is the teacher gonna push you aside and do all the work and say, okay, you just you know watch me here? Or does the teacher engage you and have you doing the kind of things that, that need to happen to increase your aptitude? 
That's right. What would teachers feel if the opportunity will arise that maybe through grants uh, uh, or maybe a partnership in which they can be given the opportunity to earn a master's degree with 18 college graduate hours in their field of study, like in the math or, or science technology, to make them more grounded and competent in their, in their field? How would you feel they would think about that? I'll be honest. I think you're going to get you're going to get a couple of different answers. You're going to get the teachers that are that know it's in it's in the best interest of them and their students, and they'll jump at the opportunity. And you're going to get teachers that that are you know are are not going to do it because you know I'm tapped out. I'm I'm totally you know I'm I'm happy. I'm comfortable where I am. Uh, but I think the majority would respond positively to that. I think it'll be the minority that would say, you know, oh, I got too much to do. I, you know, I don't want to go any further than this. So I believe it's you're going to see the preponderance of teachers jump at that opportunity. Again, it's kind of uh, butted up against the fact that in Texas, from what I see, I come from the East Coast and I see long, long days. So it takes a very it takes a very dedicated person to be a teacher anyway. To be a teacher in Texas, even more dedicated, I think. But I think we'd see more people. Uh, That's good. So there, jump will, there will be some some teachers that will actually do it. That would be great. Yes, see, if we can find a, a university or somebody that can help in, in this endeavor. You have community organizations that are partnering with your school. Yes. Can you name a few? Well, we have Toyota mm-hmm. of Texas is is a is a staunch promoter of our program. We are working with uh, the Society of American Military Engineers. We're trying to uh, hook up with Southwest Research uh, Labs. We have uh, strong connections with uh, St. Philip's College. We have a strong connection with uh, UTSA, uh, and it's strong and getting stronger. We have reached out to several uh, community engineers that have businesses around the community. Uh, those are the, the key ones. We're looking, we're talking now currently with CPS. Uh, to develop a uh, our alternative energy program, which will evolve into a class, into a full-blown class, awesome. next couple of years. That's awesome. Any other message that you want to give to other teachers to see if they can emulate what you guys are doing? Well, I know that you know people. People hate to see a new, you know, new kid move in, I guess, or a new organization come up. And STEM is the big buzzword across across the country. And I know that there are people that feel that you know they're being maybe being pushed aside. Stems the you know the, the big new game in town, but I think it's a very valuable uh, teaching tool, if you will. It's a way to get kids involved into things, and I just I just feel it it, it can impact everybody. Uh, the methods that are that are used, project-based learning, uh, these are things that that can impact everybody. I, I concur with you that we need to prepare students for a global economy and even for jobs that have not even been created yet. Correct. And that are in this area. So if we don't prepare the students now, then they will not be able to compete. And we want the United States to be out there, uh, especially our people to be out there representing uh, our nation. So it's important to be able to do that. I agree. And I think, you know, the teachers. You know, you get what you you get what you expect. You know, have high expectations and high standards for your kids, and you know, people will rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I believe in the three R's to get a fourth R: the rigor, the relationship, the relevance. To get the fourth R, which is results. Results, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your time, sir, and I uh, look forward to continue our relationship in some way. Thank you, Thank ma'am. You. 
Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.